Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, the show where Wombat tries to talk over me as I start the intro. I'm your host, John, with me as always, my co-host, Wombat, who talks over me while I try and do the intro. How's it going, Wombat? Listen, John, you're going to sound like a real crazy person when I mute that part out of the episode and nobody knows what (laughs) you're talking about. Yeah, but this part's still going to be there, so they're still going to (laughs) know. Uh, anyway, that's me. I'm Wombat. I'm I'm the rude ass person who talks over people because maybe sometimes he wants to start the episode, but he can't because John screams it every time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you should know that. Like point three seconds after we do our clap, uh, I start. I do know that, which is why I tried to go at like point two seconds, but because there's like lag because we're like a thousand miles apart. You know? Yeah. It didn't really yeah. happen properly. Okay. Yeah. How's your what's well, your glowing uh, weak point, John? Okay, you're gonna you're gonna get me with that. Yeah, I got you uh, with it. My glowing weak point is baseball. Baseball. Playing it or yeah. watching it? Well, uh tracking it, because I don't have time to watch it. Oh, you're a stats um, guy. No, I don't give a shit about that. I just follow the games, and I'm like, oh, man, they're up two. Oh, okay. Oh, now they're, now they're up four. Cool. You don't know shit about, like, a .35 RBI or whatever? I mean, I do, but I don't care about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a player person so much as I am a team person. Uh, what's um, the Atlanta team? Braves. The Bra- I thought it was the Braves. Are you a Braves guy? So, I follow the Braves because I live here. Right. I have I have learned that I am not a Braves guy. Um, Is it there's, because there's they're a bad, co- or...? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> um, the, the Atlanta sports are cursed. Um, we, we just, in general, we don't win things. I thought they had um, a pretty good football team. No. No? They're trash, too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Falcons are, are pretty garbo. Yeah, I'm not uh, a sports they, I mean, guy, so my interpretation of things is all off. They they made it to the Super Bowl uh, four or five years ago, I think. See, that's good. And, and they did the same thing they did the rest of the season, which was have a really good first half, and then absolutely dog shit second half. I mean, to be fair, I think that was one of the one of the multiple fucking Super Bowls the Patriots won. So, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Like, like when you're going up against that fucking like behemoth of a team, like. But we were up by like sixteen plus at the ha- at halftime, and then and then we just gave it all away, all of it, you just know, like we did the entire season. That period um, of time, listening to people like. like like sports was so weird like cuz i don't i said earlier i don't follow sports but i'm i'm in texas so obviously you know there are people around me who follow sports a lot and i hear them talking and it's it was such a weird like decade right there because absolutely nobody liked or likes the patriots but also Correct, they yes. were the best team in the country 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most people on the East Coast, like, in that area, also hate the Patriots. Yeah, nobody likes uh, the Patriots. I've, it is not just Texas. I've, it is everybody. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm, I was surprised that, um, my, one of my bosses right now is from Boston, and he actually likes the Patriots, and I was like, how? Why? Oh, you found one in the wild. I, I found a, a wild <laughs> Patriots enjoyer. It was it was weird. Was he also like a a, a personal Tom Brady fan? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think he's a personal Tom Brady. Because <laughs> mm. those are the weirdest ones. The ones that are like, yes. oh yeah, Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever. I mean, he's got a good track record. I mean, but, he uh, might be, but you him. don't say it. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might be, but fuck him. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I've i been... The, baseball hasn't started yet. They're, they're doing spring training, which apparently means that they play every single... Like, every team plays every team every fucking day. So... <laughs> what? <laughs> It's just so much baseball happening. Um, they're they're just like every team plays a full game of baseball every single day. Okay. And normally it's like that sounds tiring. You play, yeah. It, it, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, Although maybe not because baseball is mostly standing around. <laughs> now, granted, you're baking in the sun the whole time, but you are just standing around like ninety five percent of the time. So, uh, the, the, the Braves so far have, uh, won two, lost two, and, uh, had two, um, ties that went to the other team because they did better throughout the rest of the game. Right. So, pretty bad. Pretty yeah, fucking bad. Yeah, they're not bad. doing good. <laughs> and, and especially since a lot of these teams that they're playing with are, are really Bad teams. Like, worse than them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. They're worse than the people then, who are worse than them this season. Yeah. Then I I, I follow a, a team from each uh, division. So, I the, the two divisions. I've, I, I follow the Angels, and I follow the Padres. Um, and the Angels have... Won four games and lost one game, and uh, so far every one of those games has been like, uh, we lost by one point or we won by seven. <laughs> <laughs> and some of those teams they're playing against are really good teams. Okay. Um, and then Padres as well. They've they've won four, they've lost two, and every single one of those was like, we we lost by a point or we won by a fuckload of points. <laughs> so John, you're doing something really interesting that everybody who follows sports does right now. Um and I want to ask you about it, like the psychology behind it, if you even realize that you're doing it. So, yeah, when you're talking about these teams like the Padres, right? You're not saying yeah. they did this. They like won by four points or whatever. You're saying we won by four points because that's standard terminology, right? But 
It's always it's always been so weird to me because like like I'm no, not, I, I, I'm not I on the Falcons. That I'm not out there <laughs> on the field uh, hitting those uh, home runs. But right, I just wanted to see if you like recognize that you were doing it, or, or like, yeah. like what's the but psychology behind it? It's standard term. There's no psychology behind it. I it's, think there's psychology like, behind everything. No, it's it's. It, well, I mean, there, <laughs> there is. In this case, the psychology is these are the standardized terms. I will use them. Okay. I I don't like my. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never seen the Padres play in person. <laughs> I've never been to San Diego. Can you name I've... any of the players? Manny Machado. I got it. Okay, one. you got one. There we go. <laughs> um, is he the pitcher? I... <laughs> no, he's he's just one of the the, the better hitters. He's just one of them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's the third baseman, but he's he's really good at hitting those those home runs. Oof. Yeah, I mean that's that's where you put somebody who's good at hitting home runs and nothing else. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh... I know enough about baseball to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you know, I I have. Very little personal connection to this team besides the fact that I went through one day and was like, I need to pick a team. I'm going to pick this team. This team is my team now. Right. I know I'm not out there throwing the ball or no, I know you know that catching the ball. It, I- it's <laughs> I have I have contributed nothing to their success. <laughs> <laughs> but like like. Like, it's especially interesting with you because, like, you're so distant from them. You don't even seem to be, like, a fan fan. You're just, like, kind of interested. I mean, I am going to go see a game. They, they're actually coming in town in early April. Oh, and shit, I got playing the Braves? See the game. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know who I'm going to be rooting for? It ain't the home team. <laughs> Betrayal. Yeah. Betrayal well, at you the know, home you know, game. You, you know the... The baseball song. So uh, the way it goes in Atlanta is uh, root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's the same. Um, <laughs> is the way it goes here. Um, I don't know the baseball yeah. song. You take said... me out to the ball field. Take me out. Take oh yeah, that... out the... that's yeah. all I know about it. That's all I know of it. Yeah. Can you root? Root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's the same. It's supposed to be, if they don't win, it's a shame. Uh, but, uh, it's it's not a shame here because it's just brave expected. <laughs> yep. Well, if, if they don't win, suck. who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, if they don't win, it's it's a Tuesday. Like, <laughs> it's like being a Cubs fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Or bears. Go bears. <laughs> Go bears. bears. Go Vikings. Um, <laughs> I- MLS has started as well. Um, your team lost 3-2. to two. My team? Yeah. Oh, soccer? Austin? Yeah. Austin FC. Yeah. They, won the, or they lost their first game to St. Louis. 
St. Louis. Oh, that's embarrassing. We it lost is. to the Arches? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh, now I'm bummed. Yeah, we beat our first game versus the Quakes, which I couldn't fucking tell you where that is. <laughs> well, do you want to get to it? Uh, well... First of all, it's San Jose Quakes, and second of all, what's your glowing weak point, Fuck Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could get out of it. I I you could... got 12 and a half minutes to figure it out. <laughs> nope, you didn't do it. No, I was I was really engaged and interested in your in your sports talk. Uh huh. Bullshit. No, I what's was. Your, uh, I was asking questions. And shit, come on, man. <laughs> you were. You were. <laughs> um. My glowing weak point is... I don't have one. I'm going to be real with you. What? what? <laughs> it's been a bad week. It's been a bad two weeks. What? Just, I mean, it hasn't even really been bad. It's just been kind of like nothing, you know? It's just been like, like I live and I play game and uh, I eat. I make dinner every day. That's my life. Um. Mm. I could talk about some movies that I watched, some TV shows that were cool. Like, I've watched the uh, the first season of Succession now. Uh, Succession is, like, super good. I, I kind of okay. tend to ta- stay away from, like, the prestige dramas because I assume they're not as good as the fucking hype around them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, barring some, like, questionable cinematography at times, like, Succession is really good. None of the characters are likable. Absolutely none of them, except maybe (laughs) Greg. Maybe Greg. And that's just because Greg is a broke-ass, like, he's still related to the super rich family, but he's like a third cousin or some shit. Ah. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't, he doesn't matter. Yeah, so he he's he's like a flunky at the fucking company instead of being like a, a head or or whatever of a department. Poor Greg. Yeah, and and he gets the shit end of the stick a fucking lot. So much. <laughs> and and his his boss is who is uh now married to one of the uh the main family members is just a fucking dick to him all the time. And he, and he made him cover up, like, a horrible scandal. Like, he made him take the fall for it. It's so fucked up. <laughs> um, other than that, been watching movies for, uh, for my film class and outside of my film class. Like, so we watched Dr. Strangelove for the class. And okay, I forgot that... The actual doctor himself only has two scenes. Like, in the entire film. <laughs> it, ha- it, it There's a scene in the middle, and then the final scene. And th- those are Strange Love's two scenes. But they're fucking so good. <laughs> hmm. 
He's talking, at the end of the movie, he's talking about how they need to all climb into, like, a fucking 30-mile deep mine shaft in order to survive the coming nuclear winter, and how it needs to be ten females to one male, and so they're all gonna have to be, you, you know, everybody's gonna have to be chosen for their, uh, their sexual viability, and he's getting so fucking hard and so fucking like into it that he starts fucking heiling Hitler and calling the president mein Fuhrer. <laughs> it's so good. And and everybody in the room is not uncomfortable with it like at all. They're just like watching him and asking like super serious questions about how to make this a reality. Just like, yep, we fucked up. Now let's dive headfirst into fascism. We love it. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, and I watched Taxi Driver for the first time. I, I, I've never watched Taxi Driver before. That movie's weird. Have you seen Taxi Driver? No, I've, I've not. Oh, my God. You should see Taxi Driver. Fuck. That's it. This is the 1976 film? Yeah, with Robert De Niro. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the Martin movie where he says, you talking to me? You talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> uh, you haven't seen it, and I, I, you're the kind of person who might go and watch it, so I don't want to tell you anything about it. So I... Absolutely will not go and see it because oh. I don't see old films because I don't like films. So, oh, well, I I generally can't stand sitting there for that amount of time for a story that usually kind of sucks at the end of it. <laughs> um, and yeah, well, so the, I don't. The uh, TLDR is. Vietnam vet gets a job as a taxi driver because he's a fucking insomniac. Um, he's a fucking nutcase. He's he's got like definitely PTSD, but also some other kind of thing. Like who knows what? But he's not right in the head, and he's super bigoted. Um. But he'll he'll drive anybody in his taxi, which you know it's the seventies, so not necessarily everybody will do that. So he's not so bigoted yeah. that he'll like be outwardly hateful of somebody, but it's just like in his monologue he's talking about how New York City's a fucking cesspit and somebody needs to clean the streets of all the filth. And you know he's talking about like gay people and trans people and black people. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't, don't, you, you forget, uh, gay people and trans people didn't exist back then. Oh, no, the, the movie knows that the, they that's exist. A, that's a new thing. No, the, the, the taxi driver knows that they exist, so <laughs> it's not a new thing. But, but then he, he, like, dates somebody, like, takes her on two dates, and then the second date he takes her to a porno theater, and that destroys the relationship instantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he doesn't realize what he did wrong. Um, but she works for a politician and so he becomes obsessed with this politician and the movie goes out of its way to not really tell you anything about this guy's like actual politics, just that he is the face of the future. 
whether that's a progressive face or a conservative face, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Because it doesn't matter to Travis, the main character. Yeah. He he just, he likes... <laughs> He's it. not obsessed with his politics. He's obsessed with the man. Yeah. Because this girl he liked works for him. So when he was seeing her, then he liked him. And when he's not seeing her, now he hates him. And so Mm -hmm. he starts, he buys guns and he goes to fucking assassinate the guy. Gosh. But then he chickens out at the last second. Like the fucking secret service see him and they start go go like protecting the the politician and chasing after him and he loses them in the crowd and fucking gives up on it like a- after one try. Huh. And then instead he you he takes his violent urges out on a pimp who's pimping out like a thirteen year old girl that he'd met earlier, played by Jodie Foster, also. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the at the end of the movie, you're like, well, he took out some bad guys, but he's he's also a bad person. Like, yeah, the city. He did, a, him... he did a good thing, but that doesn't change the fact that he sucks. Yeah. Like the the city, the newspapers and shit treat him as a hero afterwards. But we know that his violent urges could be taken out on anybody at any time. Yeah. And then the movie just ends. Because th- y- there's nothing we can do about these people. Yeah, they're they're white. <laughs> they're white dudes. Like, what are we gonna do? Mm. Anyway, those are some good movies I watched. It's time for the news. Uh, so, right off the bat, we have something that I didn't know about I- any of, any of the anything on this. Yeah, so, so... Luminous Productions, who used to work for Square Enix, uh, split off, struck out on its own, uh, since it, you know, finished Final Fantasy XV, and, uh, went on to make a Isekai game that, um... You definitely saw the trailer for, John, I, and... I didn't. Oh, you didn't see the trailer for that? Oh, no. you, you have to go see the trailer for that. Because it's like, it's the cringiest fucking monologue that's ever existed in the history of ever. Over, over like, pretty, pretty samey looking gameplay. They try to spice it up a little bit. But I'll tell you, I watched a, a, a YouTube video of like a condensed version of somebody streaming it, right? It's like a 10 yeah. hour game. And the gameplay never evolves. They were playing it on the hardest mode, and all it really did was add health to enemies. Like, the AI is shit. You just kind of hurl magic at people, like, the entire time. So so here's the thing. Um, Yes, Luminous Productions was made by the same studio that is responsible for Final Fantasy XV. However, comma... The person who actually, like, was the brain vision behind Final Fantasy XV left near the end of its production to to join a different company. Like, he quit Square Enix altogether. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the actual, like, le- like, brain behind Final Fantasy XV 
was gone. And I don't know who's in charge at that point. And it is a collaborative effort. All games are a collaborative effort. But yeah, there's something to be said for a very good manager at the helm of collaborative efforts. You know? Yeah. And and Final Fantasy XV clearly had that, despite the lack of support from Square Enix, because you can you can also see where the uh, corners were cut because Square Enix had told them to it, with that game. Yeah. And uh, Forspoken is worse than that. <laughs> and so they they struck out established luminous productions in 2018 after the success of Final Fantasy 15 and uh focused on Forspoken the entire time and it came out to bad reviews and so they were instantly merged back into Square Enix without ever getting to make another game like well that didn't work Maybe we do need someone to tell us what to do. Yeah, maybe maybe you do. Um, and I just thought it was a really interesting, like, like look into, like, the way the games, like, industry works. Like, sometimes you can't just, sometimes you had that backing for a reason. Like, we, we talk shit on AAA games all the time, and especially companies like Square Enix and EA and Activision, but... <clears throat> they do make good games sometimes and there's a reason for that like, mm. like a, a good backing can do a lot for you yeah yeah and a good head of your studio like get a get a better head for your studio i don't know <laughs> put, put put someone in charge right <laughs> get a get get a a a visionary person in charge who knows how to yeah. manage shit. You need both. Because if you don't have both, then you end up with like Kingdom Hearts where you have a very visionary person in charge, but he can't manage for shit and so it gets delayed no, for like five so, years. <laughs> shit games. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, well, if you uh, can't come up with something creative yourself, just ask ChatGPT to do it. Just yeah. like Ichiro Oda did for uh, writing a One Piece episode. Yeah, he thought it'd be a fun little thing to ask ChatGPT to write a new One Piece chapter. Um, he he told he told ChatGPT, "quote I can't think of what to do with next week's One Piece, so can you come up with a story for me? I'd like a very funny one." Which is 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 perfect, Oda. <laughs> like the vaguest shit possible. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and it came up with this this frankly un One Piece like chapter because it it seems to start and resolve within the space of this episode, um, or this chapter. It, like the whole story is contained in one chapter, which has never happened in the history of fucking One Piece. Um, it, it, it created, like, a villain called the King of Shadows. Uh, he can control shadows because they're a devil fruit user. Now, I want to tell you, John, because you've never seen or read One Piece. Um, no. Nico Robin, the, the main character in Chet GPT's chapter, 
has already fought <laughs> against a devil user who uses shadows. Uh, the main bad guy of the th- one of the best arcs in the entire series, Thriller Bark, could rip people's shadows away and attach them to like corpses and turn them into zombies. Like that was his whole thing. This already exists. Chat GPT plagiarized One Piece. <laughs> that is not surprising. No, it isn't. Um, and then ChatGPT asked Oda what he thought about it, and Oda said, that's boring, so can you write another story? Yeah. <laughs> now, for Oda, Thriller Bark happened, like, 15 years ago, so he legit might have forgotten that Thriller Bark happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this time, it... It uh, had had the Straw Hats fight an alien and evil and an evil witch and restore the star of the alien's home planet. And Oda said, "That's exactly what I'll do." <laughs> <laughs> I just thought this was fun. I just thought this yeah. was a fun little thing. Listen, I just wanted to talk about One Piece because I don't get to ever. Yeah, that is the reason why you put this in here. And Ichiro Oda is awesome. He he is just a really fun guy. So in less fun news, um, out of the blue, uh, EA just laid off over 200 QA testers just with a Zoom call. Yeah. Completely unscheduled and didn't even inform the management. It was just like... Upper management has decided you are fired. Yeah, so it's the entire <laughs> it's the entire Baton Rouge office. Just all of yeah. the, the entire office was laid off on a on a Zoom call on Tuesday. Um yeah, which is insane. Like Mhm. When are we going to get to the point where we have protections for this shit? You know? Cuz yeah. cuz you this is inhumane to just go go about business by being like, okay, you 200 people who have done absolutely nothing wrong and are the in- b- entire QA staff for our huge game, Apex Legends, that still makes us yeah. money to this day. Huge. Yeah. yeah. L- like, right behind Fortnite in terms of fucking Battle Royales, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can just fucking fire them all on a whim, it seems like. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't get how there aren't protections for that at this point. This is becoming like a daily thing. Like, not just in the games industry, but all across tech. Like, Facebook, Google, Amazon, fucking, I mean, here it was EA... Activision, Ubisoft, they all do this shit. All the fucking yeah. time. And, and... Yeah. Now, with... I'm losing my mind. Like, <laughs> with some of that, I halfway understood. Because um, they, they showed... 
third parties did some graphs of of that that explained a little bit of uh, Microsoft. So, because Microsoft laid off a, a pretty big percent of theirs, but um, it showed hiring and uh, company size differences over the years. Right. And in general, like the over the years, the companies have added on X amount of of new, um, you know, new, new blood. Right. Uh, I mean, and, you and have to like in order the, to grow as a company. Yeah, and 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 the the company has grown at a pretty standard rate until 2020, <laughs> and in 2020, they put on like like four times as many employees <laughs> as any of the years in the past. Yeah, and and to, to be fair, at that time. They absolutely needed it because everybody was going work from home. Everybody, like, you really needed the extra support for making Windows work and making, you know, Microsoft Teams, I think, work. And you just, <clears throat> you really needed all hands on deck to make it so that people could could get, you know, work through that and that there was enough enough people to make things work. And then the next year the entire world slowed down. <laughs> yeah. Because it, that stopped being necessary. And then you had three, uh, two times as many people, because at that point you could just say, let's not hire anyone this year, and and <laughs> we'll have only twice as many people as we need to. But So they, they did end up firing a whole bunch of people, but it showed, like, the size of the company after hiring or letting go, whatever, was what it would have been like if they had followed their standard hiring procedures. Right. So, like, I understand why that happened. I don't condone it because, I mean, wrap them off into some other thing that you, you know, start a new project, whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit. You, you've hired them, keep hiring them. I mean, you're going to need them in two years. I've gotten um, an idea for this, and it's some what they should have done in 2020. Because what happened was the world went to shit. We had the pandemic, right? And everybody started going work from home. Now, when we saw that, it was pretty obvious to everybody because we've been through history. We can we have books about it and shit, you know. So. Yeah. We know that when we reach a state of pandemic, it does not stay at a state of pandemic. Like, whether yeah. we took care of it properly or not, we didn't. The didn't. world was going to attempt, at least, to go back to normal at some point. And it was not yeah. going to be, like, five or ten years down the road. It was going to be less than five years. So... When they hired all of these people, it should have been, like, as temporary workers, like, or as contractors, or whatever, like, like you're hired yeah. on for this amount of time, and then you have an expected end date, right? Like, okay, yeah. when, we, when I reach this end date, 
I can talk to them about extending it. I can talk to them about becoming a full-time employee, or I can find something else. But I know when my end date is, right? Yeah. And that's what it should have been. But instead, they hired everybody on as full-time employees, set them up as if they were going to have a fucking career here, and then they just fucking cut them all loose as soon as they don't need them anymore. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I I mentioned that to, to be like, yes, the they're, they're, the other tech giants, absolutely. The, I, can, I can understand that. I don't understand this in the slightest. Right. Because, again, uh, it is the entire quality assurance team for EA's biggest game right now. Yeah. And, and also, it's, it's not like they just do Apex Legend. They also work on a lot of their other games. Right. And this is their most experienced QA team. Yeah, it is It is who so, they've had the longest. It is who is best at the job. I mean, that's why they worked predominantly on Apex Legends, because they yeah. were trustworthy. So, like, the next games that they make? I mean, EA games are already a little buggy. This is going to be little. a lot worse. <laughs> I was being nice. Shouldn't have, but... <laughs> But no, they're so, gonna um, be they're gonna be horrendously buggy now. Like, yeah. But but anyways, I, I know this will come as a shock. But uh, our stance here at uh, Glowing Greek Point is fuck you, EA. Right, EA, suck my dick. You suck. All right, what's next? Um. Oh, this is this is an interesting thing here. So. Naoki Yoshida, who is currently the producer for Final Fantasy 16, and also the person who took over Final Fantasy 14, uh, after, you know, it almost bankrupted Square Enix, he was the one who came in and, uh, revamped it into a realm reborn and has led it ever since, becoming, like, a bigger MMO than even, like, World of Warcraft. So he's that yeah. guy. He, he, he pulls a little weight. Um, so he was having an interview with somebody and they they asked him about what about uh JRPGs. Uh what was the exact context? Uh he was asked about the current state of JRPGs versus western RPGs. And uh he didn't like the phrasing of that question. And <clears throat> so so from the translator, quote the thing that he wants to get across is that when we are creating games, at least with our team, we don't go into them thinking that we're going to be creating JRPGs. We're just, we just go into them thinking we're going to create RPGs. Yeah. So, so for them, for him in specific, he's always felt that it's a discriminatory term. You know, like... <clears throat> quote from Yoshida as though we were being made fun of for creating these games and so for some developers the term JRPG can be something that will maybe trigger bad feelings because of what it was in the past it wasn't a compliment to a lot of developers in Japan we understand that recently JRPG has better connotations and it's being used as a positive but we still remember the time when it was used as a negative and he's absolutely right. Like, it is it is a way for... Because I guarantee you, in Japan, they are not called JRPGs. No, 
they are just no. called RPGs. Like, it is not a universal term for something. It is something that we in the United States have come up with to refer to games made in Japan. As though they I would, are... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say here in the U.S., I'd say here in the West. Right, I don't like using the, the term, term is... West. I hate the term well, I... West. Yeah, but it's a useful term because Europe also exists. That's and true. And is a major market. And uh, they use this as well and, and use yeah, this so term. That's, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you can't just say the U.S. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a, it... Um, uh, I I can understand why they I don't think JRPG in particular is discriminatory um, it, it, I mean maybe an <laughs> ARPG for Asian RPG or I like I it's it's not really discriminatory against them it is a term used to differentiate a style of RPG. Uh, there, there are certain things that are standardized across RPGs. You, you know, in, in a Western RPG, you're not going to have, um, for the most part, uh, you, you don't deal damage and it's in the billions. Whereas, in JRPGs, you do. Um, hey, no, it's and, usually and capped at 9,999. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it goes. It goes into the tens of thousands. Sometimes it's ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times. Um, and and that's that is a cultural difference. Uh, I mean, we could do a game fact about that about the first few games and the reason why that happened. Right, um, but. There, there are significant differences between the typical Western approach and the typical Eastern approach to role-playing games. They're, they're all role-playing games. And at the end of the day, they are RPGs. It's just, they're a subtype of, R, subtype of RPGs. And JRPG doesn't mean RPG made in Japan. It should uh, anyway. Just like, yeah, well, it, it doesn't. Because uh, <laughs> half the indie games on itch.io are American games that are JRPGs that are absolutely not Japanese in the slightest. There's a lot of Western RPGs that use anime-like characters that previously, you know, you'd, you'd expect them to be more Western art. Um, there are Japanese RPGs that are very western in design and very western in appearance but jrpg does not mean an rpg made in japan and i not since like the first couple years has it even been considered that i know i know there was a time where jrpg was considered a negative but not across the board like i don't think you would have ever thought jrpg was a negative no, I mean, it there was before were, my times time, where, but it was definitely a thing. Like, you yeah, say it's but, a JRPG like, as a way to dismiss it. Like, oh yeah, that's just a JRPG. Like, whatever. See, I've, I've, I've never encountered it being dismissed that way. I have encountered people going, ugh, it's a JRPG. 
I hate those. Oh yeah, all the and, time. And, and there, there, are, there are reasons for that, and that still happens. And honestly, I'm not a huge fan of JRPGs. They're, they are, they, they do have a lot of features that I'm not a fan of. But I don't hate them because they're Japanese, and I don't hate Japanese RPGs. I just dislike many JRPGs, and and that's why it's a it's a useful title. Uh, we could come up with a different term for it. We we could call it like big number RPGs or wordy RPGs or cinematic. These are RPGs. bad names, but I mean they are all terrible names. There should be but, a different name because this J- Japanese RPG and Western RPG, like, like is inherently like like kind of racist. Like, like you're saying, oh. The Japanese make games like this, and then people in the West make games like this. And uh, I mean, well, at, 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 here, here's the thing: it's it's a it's a historical term because at one point, yes, definitively that was true. Japanese people made games like JRPGs. The end. That that's what they made. They, they did not make Western RPGs because, honestly, they didn't have uh, access to that. They didn't... That Western RPGs weren't a thing over there. And the reason why JRPGs are JRPGs is a cultural thing. There is a reason, culturally, why they chose to do big numbers instead of the other thing. There is right. a reason, culturally, why they chose to go more story-focused rather than action, which the Western culture tended to go towards. Vice versa. Western RPGs were a thing. That JRPGs weren't a thing in the West. They were created away because culturally, that's the way we approached that. We came to it from a different cultural basis, and so all the RPGs we created were Western RPGs. Not because they were made in the West, but because they fit into the box WRPG. Right. And so, because of that, eventually we got introduced to JRPGs, and we introduced Japan to WRPGs, and we, um, we, we re- each saw what the differences were between each other, and we melded a lot, and, and now, like I said, we make JRPGs, they make WRPGs, uh, we make weird things in the middle. Yeah, I mean, but, they make the biggest fucking western rpg series ever now like like the fucking souls series souls still has a lot of jrpg elements it, it is more of a western rpg but it doesn't come close to elder scrolls which is still i would argue the biggest western rpg maybe but maybe if they I, made I, another I, I, whatever I, <laughs> they will they are <laughs> um or fallout fallout's a a, a western rpg yeah, they keep making those, um, but like, they don't look like Fallout. Like, yes, anymore, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you know they they make some of the biggest ones of those. The biggest crowd for making JRPGs are Americans on itch.io. Um, it's 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 a useful term, and it it is a historical term. It is a Japanese RPG or a JRPG because that is the 
core of its origin. It, right. It's not saying that all Japanese people make JRPGs. It's saying this is what a JRPG is. It is historically based in what Japanese made RPGs were. It has all of those core elements. That is what a JRPG is. So at this point, calling like like yes, you could be racist. You could say, I don't want to play Dark Souls, it's a JRPG. That would be racist. Um, <laughs> and there is still some racism in that I use the term WRPG. Many historians use the term WRPG. Most people just call it an RPG versus a JRPG. That is racist. Right. I will grant that. But... People don't refer to, unless they're specifically trying to be racist, Dark Souls is a JRPG. <laughs> it's an RPG. Now, some people might forget that it's made by Japanese people, and and so they, they you know, it's, it's until they know it's not made by a white person, it's an RPG, but, uh, <laughs> but... In general, I, I don't I don't think that the term JRPG now is currently used in a discriminatory fashion. And yes, I, I, I recognize that for older developers, they can still feel that way. Yeah, and Yoshida I mean, is definitely one of those. He's yeah, he's been around absolutely a minute. he is. Yeah. Um so like I get that. Um but as if he can come up with a better term, <laughs> we'll use it. But again, it's it's a historical terminology. It's it's based in history, right? It's it's just um like we have a whole lot of other terms for games too, like I mean, uh, Metroidvania comes to mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> like things that that grow terms that grow out of the culture or the history of the type of game that it is, right? Yeah. But none of those other ones are inherently tied to region or race. And it, it's really Correct. only re RPGs that are like they're the only ones well, that like once you get into these subcategories of RPG is started to be defined by region or race. I mean, do you, you saying you want to call them <laughs> I I play DQ RPGs, Dragon Quest RPGs. <laughs> I mean, you could just call them anime RPGs like but that's not true either, because a, a lot of... I mean, early JRPGs have very little in common with anime. I mean, they also have very little in common with modern JRPGs. Like, like the original Final Fantasy is much closer to being a, a Western RPG than it is a modern um, JRPG. It, it's way closer yes. to that. The original one, yes. Yeah. Like, the that first crop of games... Because they're... 
even in even both, by in both even cultures, by it's four. based on the same thing. Like Western RPGs and JRPGs all have the same parent in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, like that is what they are all based on. And then they've grown because of the different cultures of the place where the games were being made. They've grown into different things, but they have that same ancestor right there. Mm-hmm. So, so like like those early ones were always going to be less like what they are now. Absolutely, yeah. I don't but. know. We, we need to come up with a new term for it. I don't know how we do that, how we popularize it, but we, we do need to come up with new terms for these, uh, these, these RPGs. And actually, you know, back in the old days, it wasn't really called Western RPGs either because they weren't on consoles back then. They were all uh, in the, in the West, they were computer mm-hmm. RPGs. You know, like that's what Fallout and Baldur's Gate yeah. and shit are. They're computer CRPGs. RPGs. Yeah, yeah. So, um, C- CRPG is their own genre now. There, there are yeah. some console RPGs um, that, that came follow out before. That. Yeah, but they're uh, usually like also e- made for computer at the same time, like uh, Pillars of yes. Eternity. Well, but CRPG is a thing. Yeah, you you you're not going to compare. Um, uh, Baldur's Gate with with a, a console RPG, <laughs> right? Baldur's Gate is a CRPG. Um, there there were console RPGs for Atari and and some of the others uh, in the West that are much more action focused than um than CRPGs and, and then JRPGs were. Right. Well before the JRPGs came over here. Uh, I mean, there was always some JRPGs and some WRPGs yeah. crossing over. I mean, I mean Final Fantasy always made it over here. Like, Yeah. Um, JRPGs actually... Western RPGs came first, which is not surprising considering... Dungeons, we invented and Dungeons and Dragons was made over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had it first. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the JRPGs are in some ways based off of WRPGs, um, and, and I don't mean just from AD and D, because uh, most of the developers had played some form of adventure game or. Uh, like Colossal Cave Adventure or Zork or other um, role-playing games um, in the West on computer or console before they went and made their own thing. But they made their own thing based off of what they knew would sell there and based off of their own culture and stuff and wildly changed it. Yeah. Um, So... I don't know. <coughs> My point is, I Personally, think Yoshida has a point, pers- and we need to work to find a uh, find new terminology for this shit. <coughs> Whereas I, on the flip side, think that he has a point, uh, but I think the terms should stay. <laughs> and we're okay. 
We're not gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna we, fight we can about this forever. Nope. <laughs> nope. We're I'm not. not gonna agree to disagree because that's a stupid saying. But we, it we is. disagree and we can move on. That's that's what yep. we're doing. We, we, we disagree and it's not going to be the end of our relationship. Right. So, <laughs> um, whereas if we had written this thing, um, we we would be ending our relationships. Um, a- written what thing? Because <clears throat> uh, Metro has done it again. They, Metro has done they, it again. They they done it again. Metro.co.uk. Oh, I see. You're saying that if you had written this, this would be the end of the relationship. If if either of us had written this, (laughs) that would be the end of our relationships. Right. (laughs) We got a reader's feature for our bad opinion piece hour. What a surprise. Um, (laughs) From Metro. Shock of all shocks. From Metro. Quote... Video games are too cheap for their own good. And no, I'm not crazy. Defensive in the title. That's when you know, that's when you know you're getting the real fucking good shit. Straight into your goddamn veins. I'm tying that fucker off with a belt. Ugh. Um, so, yeah, so this guy basically said, they uh, think corporations don't make enough money off right. of video games. <laughs> In fact, Which is uh, insane. Uh, vice versa, we think that corporations make too much money off of video games. We don't think that g- games cost too much. We no. think that the people that make them don't get paid enough. And we're not talking about the C-suite. <laughs> right. We're, we're talking about the people who make them. <laughs> yes. The designers. The developers, the artists, the musicians, the voice actors. Yeah. They they don't get paid enough. Um, so I, I want to start us off with this paragraph here. It's, it's in the middle of the thing. So he's arguing here, quote, Far less games are coming out now than ever before, and release dates are still constantly getting delayed multiple times. On several levels, the AAA video games industry is looking unsustainable, and yet nobody seems to be doing anything about it, and what I believe to be the core problem, video games are too cheap. Now, point one, no they're not. <laughs> no they're not. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, there's, there's so many games coming out all the time. Have you ever thought to yourself... There's just nothing for me to play right now. Right? <laughs> and and I don't mean like, man, I, uh, you know, ignoring my backlog, there's nothing for me to... Like, if I wanted is... to walk into GameStop today and buy a game that came out in the last three months, I would have a problem choosing which one I wanted to pick up. You could You could buy a new game every single week. And one, you wouldn't finish any of them. Right. Two, <laughs> you wouldn't ever run out. Ever. Three, like, you'd be fucking broke as hell. There are too <laughs> many games coming out now. <laughs> yeah, there are so many AAA games. Like, we're not even talking indie. There are so many AAA games coming games out. Games that cost millions of dollars to make every fucking week. Yes. Four or five of them a week. I... I bet you could buy a new EA game every week. And still, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, 
I mean, I couldn't personally stomach that, but... <laughs> and and as far as release dates getting delayed multiple times, that's called poor management. That has yes. nothing to do with how much money games do or do not make. That is down to poor management. Like, mm-hmm. if you are upset that a game is getting delayed, it is because the lead director of that game is bad, or the executive producer of that game is bad at their job. That is what that yes. is. <laughs> it, it has I, nothing to do <laughs> with whether a game costs 60 or $70. <laughs> nope. Oh, and, I, and there was another thing on here of... Uh, <clears throat> they need to either... Yeah. They need to either increase the price of the game or decrease the length of the game. Now, I don't disagree that games should decrease in length a little bit. Dying Light 2 was bragging about their game being 500 hours long. Like, maybe it's getting out of hand. (laughs) especially, Especially with some of these where it's like Ubisoft games where they spent so much time putting bullshit around that nobody gives a shit about right. just to say that their game is long. 20 hours of finding feathers past. is not gameplay. No, no. You you, you cut that out. Just kill it. Right. That, that's, pull, that's pull that out of there. You, you just you just saved all of your uh, developers hours and hours and hours and hours of time. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do agree slightly that uh, the length of games... I don't, I don't think it's unsustainable. I think it's just pointless. Right. Um, like, it's definitely sustainable. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep doing it. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> absolutely. They're, they're not suffering because they're making these games so long. Because uh, uh, I think as, as users, we might suffer somewhat. Um, like, he was between... saying that 10 years ago, he thought that the games were not as long. And I'm here to tell him that they've been growing in length since before 10 years ago. Like, yeah, they've been yeah. bloated all to hell since the mid two thousands. Yeah. Like early PS three fucking Assassin's Creed one has Ubisoft bloat. Like fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So th- don't fuck with me on that one. Yeah. No. <sighs> Um, Ugh. like, games being cheap is not the problem, and uh, all you need for evidence for that is to look at the profits for a company like Activision. Look at the profits for a company like EA. Like, their profits are through the fucking roof. They yep. are making enough money, more than enough money, on video games. Yep. If there is any unsustainability it is the fact that that money is counted as profit because if it was going towards the developers of the game then it would not be yeah like that is where the unsustainability is you are driving your workers into the fucking ground for shitty pay so that you can have fucking 10% more profits than last year in order to please shareholders that is the unsustainable thing. Yep. 
and, and this guy's just a fucking dickhead with his fucking head up his ass, unable to see that shit. Like, I don't, I don't know how we're in 2023 and people are still sucking corporate cock like this. I, I don't <laughs> understand it. You know, like yeah. all he has to do, it, it is publicly available information. You can look up what the profits were for Activision last year. In fact, I can do that right now if you want to vamp for a second. No. <laughs> no, you're not going to vamp for a second? I'm, I'm no. sitting here, profits for Activision 2022, and you're not going to vamp for me at all. No, not not one bit. Activision Blizzard revenue for the quarter ending December 31st, 2022 was $2.334 billion, a 7.96% increase year over year. They made yep. $2.3 billion for that quarter. That's not even the whole year. That is that is compared to the quarter that ended December 31st, 2021. They made $2 billion. And it was 8% more than the same quarter the last year. That's insane. Like, that is, that's unsustainable. Because regardless of the fact that we can just print money, money still has to have a value. You know? Yeah, it does. So uh, we can print more money and then it becomes less valuable. Or we have a finite amount of money in the world. And if Activision Blizzard is holding on to $2 billion of it, within a single quarter then people are not mm-hmm. getting paid that 2 billion dollars and it is not a part of the economy and the nope. the amount of finite money in the world has gone down by that 2 billion dollars yep so like don't fuck with me with this video games are too cheap nonsense they made two billion dollars in a quarter selling fucking Spyro Reignited. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, it's pretty fucking bullshit. Right. <sighs> Anything else? I'm sorry. I went on a little rant there. <laughs> you, you, you did, but <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Got nothing to add. Oh, he also had a thing here about how, like, it's not just games companies, but tech companies are getting rid of tens of thousands of jobs that they created during the pandemic, which we talked about earlier, is not a a result of, like, games being too cheap again. That was poor management on the executive end. Yes. Yeah. Like, there are... Businesses are not just about selling a product. That's what it comes down to. There are so many different facets of running a business, especially when you're a company the size of Google or Amazon or Activision, you know? Mm-hmm. It is not just sell product, make money, pay employees. Um, there's... There's all this, like, job creation for temporary departments and, and, oh, let's shift people over here to do this thing for six months. And, oh, we need to cut back on this, so let's move people over here. Like, there's there's so many different things going on at play. So you can see 
even on the on the profits, not all of that is because they sold games. That two yeah. billion dollar profit is also because they fired people, and so they didn't yep. have to pay people. Yep. But like that, it's not just oh they they bumped up the price seven to seventy dollars instead of sixty, and so now they make a, another fucking five hundred million dollars in a quarter. It, it's it's they laid people off. It's they cut entire departments. It's they they canceled three games in order to focus on the two they they really thought would sell. Like, I, I just yeah. don't understand how you can be so reductive as to as to say that it's just because games are too cheap. Like, do a modicum of learning about anything. They can't. They can't because they that's, fucking read that's, Metro. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not an option. <laughs> they read no, worse than that, Metro. <laughs> they write Metro. Right. <laughs> they write to Metro and Metro publishes them. So this takes up all their time. <laughs> yeah. A waste. A waste of time. Yeah. Alright, let's go to Game Facts. Do your song. Game Facts, the facts about the net track. Net track. Oh. I told you to do that. Now I need water. I don't have water. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Netrek is an online multiplayer strategy shooter developed by Kevin Smith. Uh, Clerks? No. No? Not Clerks Kevin Smith? No. Okay. Developed by Kevin Smith and Scott Sylvie and published open source for Windows, Mac, Linux, and innumerable Unix varieties varieties. Yeah, Unix? we're talking early days here. That is an unfortunate name. Unix? <laughs> Unix. Yeah. You don't you don't know Unix? Um I know I know about Unix. They're the uh they're the people yeah, who watch you... over the pharaoh's wives and have their dicks chopped off. Oh, I I thought you were going to reference um uh, what is it? The um Jurassic Park. No, what? Because cause the girl, she, she sits at the computer and she's like, oh, this is a Unix system. I can run it. Oh, I don't remember that at all. You're talking about oh. the uh, the daughter? The original. Yeah. Or granddaughter. Hammond's granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't remember that line. I, I know a lot of lines offhand about Jura from Jurassic Park. I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so uh, I guess Unix is a, a, a famous thing then, like like it's a big thing. Yeah, it's it's one of the original operating systems. I see. I've never heard of it. Um, in Netric, you join one of four teams of up to seven others. Oh wait, th this is a fucking MMO. <laughs> no, it is multiplayer. Okay, it's a multiplayer. M MMO MMO is is too big for this. Too big. It is not okay. massively multiplayer. It is multiplayer. Is it online? It is. Okay, so it's an MO. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, teams of up to seven... Uh, four teams of up to seven others controlling planets, armies, spaceships, and working together to defeat the other teams and conquer the galaxy. The game is heavily inspired by Star Trek, obviously, with the four teams called the Federation, 
Romulans, Klingons, <laughs> and Orions, and the home planets of each from the show, aside from the Klingons, which are based at Klingus instead of Konos. Um, what? It's pronounced Kronos. There's not an R there. I know, but it's pronounced Kronos. Okay, Kronos. Um, so that's not inspired. If that's in, <laughs> that's plagiarism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. John. Hey, you... it's an open source, freely distributed game. Which means they can't get sued. Yeah, which which means that they they're not making any money off of it. It's fine. Um, now I do want to say real quick that uh, what what was that Metroid game? Another another Metroid Two remake. Another Metroid Two remake. Yeah, um, it was also gonna be given out for free, and they got they got ceased and desisted into oblivion. So. Yes. No, I think they're still on the wrong side here and just uh well, here, Roddenberry okay, didn't here's, care here's, too much. Here's here's the deal. <laughs> At the time, Star Trek didn't have its own game. So they were not competing with Star Trek. Uh Uh-huh. See, but but uh, Metroid did have a game. Sure. Nintendo hadn't been selling it for a decade or two, but Right. Checkmate. <laughs> Globalists. Got him. Got, got him. <laughs> yeah. John, I had to ask this question. Do you speak okay. Klingon? No, absolutely fucking not. Okay. No. All right. This also would have been a relationship ender. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. No, I'm joking. Or am I? Different planets have different purposes. Agricultural planets generate armies faster. Others might include an orbital refueling station and or a repair facility to get your troops back into the fight faster. That's that's the two kinds of planets. It's agricultural planets and, and some have an orbital refueling station. Yeah, basically. Uh, okay. Some of them are neither. Some of them, some are, of them are just boring planets. Oh, okay. Oh, so this is like that, uh, that fucking space game I was playing before, uh, Slipways. Stellaris? Slipways. Yeah. yeah. Different planets do different things, and sometimes there's just a fucking useless-ass planet in your way. hey <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Uh, the core of the game revolves around space combat. I love space combat. Space combat. Me too. Always awesome. With different ship types, like fast scouts for long-range missions, or slow but powerful battleships for area defense. While ships could attack armies on planets, and enemy planets could fire on orbiting ships, the primary method of defeating enemies was through instantaneous phasers, or dodgeable torpedoes, which were considerably less dodgeable if a ship kamikaze itself by augging where they would fly directly next to you under cloak and then uncloak and barrage you point blank with proton torpedoes. Um, so, real quick, before yeah. you uh, parentheses tell me the story of how it got its name and the history of it, uh, end parentheses. Um, yes. Every fucking space story does that now. Like, like every single one 
ha- has a fucking like section where they cloak and then uncloak right next to the ship and then shoot the ship. Yeah, that happens um, all the time. It does now. Yeah. Um. Back then, didn't really. Back then, back then, uh, space combat was glorious from a distance as you you fired your your missiles like a ship naval battle. Right. You, you fired broadside into the enemy, and whoever had the most guns won. Like it's fucking or, Pirates or, of the Caribbean at World's End. Or they went World War Two with this, and they had the like. Dog the, the big battle, yeah, big battleships out there, but also tiny little ships dogfighting in the, at the same time. Star Wars um, did it real well. God, Star they Wars did, did it they so did good, really well. <laughs> uh, Battlestar Galactica did it really well too. I should watch um, that at some point. Yeah, probably. Um, I didn't know they I had dogfights. The I just one. knew about cloning shit. <laughs> that's the that's the weird new shitty version that everyone oh, likes, yeah? but I like the original one. Okay. Um, I have I have very weird opinions on Battlestar Galactica. Okay. That nobody else has. We can talk um, about it at some point. So yeah, it's it's different in the Star Trek world because when you blow up a ship, their warp core implodes and uh, everything in a pretty wide area goes boom. So uh, you can't really do the the like close up dogfights because then you go boom. So real quick, uh, what does the warp core do? Uh, it um, powers the entire thing. It's the generator. Okay, it's a it's a power source. All right. Yes. Yeah. It is a carefully controlled reaction between antimatter and matter, which produces energy when they the two come together. Okay. So if you don't have that carefully controlled, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Because they reject um, each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, very, very early on to in Netrek's uh, history, um, one of the original people, the not, not Kevin Smith or Scott Sylvie, but one of the other people who uh, was helping at the beginning, uh, Terrence Chang, okay. um, left Berkeley, where the game was being made, and brought it to CMU. Fucking Which, uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't fucking tell you what university. Carnegie Mellon University, probably. Um, and he he brought the game with him, put it on the servers, and uh, so wait, did he steal uh, it? No, no, because it was an open source game. Oh right, any it, yeah, anyone can take the game and put it wherever they want and edit it, whatever. Um. So they, they put it on the server, and all the people, you know, at the school started playing it, and were really enjoying it. But they were playing it really tame. Like like I described a moment ago, of, you know, you fire your broadsides, or, or maybe you're doing little dogfights, but pretty tame. Right. And Terrence Chank was just observing a game, and was like, what the fuck's going on? Like... Y'all suck at this. <laughs> so he he joined in. So the way the team names work is is you you get a letter for whatever your team is, the F for Feds, O for Ryans, K for Klingons, and then you get a um letter accompanying it. Uh so you could be like F A for the first player in the Federation team, F B, F C. 
So Terrence Chang joined as Orion, the Orion G, or Og. I see where this is going. Um, and at this time, suiciding just—they weren't doing it at all. So he decided to teach them a lesson. <laughs> because and this is—it's a game, and none of these people have faces. Like they're all expendable. Yeah. Like why aren't you sacrificing yeah. your people? It's like giving yeah. up a pawn in chess. Like, just do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, fucking do it. <laughs> Go for it. Um, so, especially since uh, Terrence was, at this time, one of the, like, four best players in the game. Now, to be um, fair, there were only four players of the game. <laughs> no, there, there were more, but, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so, he picked someone to terrorize. And, uh, that person was, was Steve Russell. And, uh... That's a good name. So, yep. <laughs> so, at one point, in the middle of a quiet computer lap, Steve bursts out with, like, Help! It's OG! Followed quickly by additional screams, Help! Og! It's Og! <laughs> Which, rightly, is hilarious. It and, is. uh... <laughs> And uh, it got picked up by the other players when they would get ogged by them, and uh, they realized what ogging was, what what you know he was doing, and it became ogging. And uh, as as you pointed out, there were only like four players at this time. We'll say there's a couple dozen, but that's still infancy. So yes. the the name stuck. Now. Have you heard of the dot .og fr- format of music? You know I haven't. <laughs> okay, well, dot .og is something that is frequently found on Bandcamp because it is a completeless, or completeless, completely lossless audio format. Okay. Um, so... Bandcamp uh, musicians like to give you their music in its best format, and .og allows for that. It's also frequently used in game design because it's not a common format, so you can't steal it well, like if you manage to decompile everything. Right. Um, But also, uh, it's lossless, so you can have, you know, exactly what you want in the game. The .og framework is named after Ogging from NetTrack, and uh, it's an it's a free open container format, just like NetTrack was uh, free and open format. And um, the the jargon means uh, sort of along the lines of doing something forcefully, possibly without consideration of the drain on future resources. So, mm. when it was developed, the PC had very limited power and hardware. Right. So, it was, let's do this the best we can, fuck down the line. <laughs> right. I can have four songs in .og, and that's my computer. And that's your computer, yeah. <laughs> but those are going to be flawless songs. They better so, be the fucking Beatles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, you can't afford that. Damn. Fucking Yoko Ono. God damn it. 
I don't blame Yoko Anyways, for anything. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, right. fuck Michael Jackson. Yeah! Fuck MJ! I didn't, that... I didn't watch that thing about No, him, it's, he, he bought the, uh... He bought the, um, yeah, Beatles catalog and yeah. sold it to Apple. Yeah. 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 Alright, next. NetTrack is rather intense. You're considered to be a noob who doesn't understand the game until you've gotten more than 300 hours under your belt with it. So it's like RuneScape. Yeah. <laughs> As such, it's largely considered more a sport than a game, with semi-annual tournaments in both international and national leagues. Although, the last official tournaments we could find were in 2003, but the game is still played. In fact, uh, the game uh, in 2006 got MacTrek, uh, a new client for, for Macintosh. And in 2019, there was a new client implemented in Swift programming language and available on macOS App Story. So... Uh, there, there, there's a big push currently to move from 10 frames per second to 50 frames per second. It's, uh, it's still, still going. I went to, uh, <clears throat> I went to Twitch to see if anybody is currently playing that trek. And <laughs> the first thing I got was people, people named Anetrek and Venetrek. Um, and then there is actually somebody who's been... Oh, this is two years ago. There, there was somebody who streamed a Netrek two years ago for nine viewers. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the highest fucking <laughs> Twitch it, result it's, it's, for looking it, up Netrek. It Net is Trek. a category. It is a category that has 21 followers. Okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and no live channels. No. And no videos, and, and no, no clips. clips. So, I think it's pretty safe to say that as big as it was before. Oh, oh, oh! No, it does. It does have two clips. It does. You, I don't you, see any. You got to switch to top all time. There's uh, one three all years popular. ago and yep. one six months ago. Okay. So someone is playing Netrek as recently as six months ago. Yeah, for fifteen viewers. <laughs> <laughs> It's not bad. I, I think it's safe to say that uh, Netrek is is not relevant anymore. It, no, it's time has really. passed. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. Yeah. We should bring it back. No, I don't have the time. <laughs> I don't want to spend 200, 300 hours on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the first internet game. That honor goes to Empire, X-Trek, possibly even Space War. I'm not sure who can claim it, but either way, they're all three like the same game. Netrek was the third. However, it was the first internet team game. So, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to it. Uh, well, first, no, no, I'll get to it. Keep okay. going. Empire, and also Space War, 13 years before it, was only available on the Plato system, which was a networked mainframe multiple users could access through terminals. So technically not the internet, but still networked. It also had the same four races from Star Trek, with armies and planets and phasers and torpedoes. It's virtually the same game, which is not wholly surprising, considering X-Trek and Net-Trek are both internet conversions of it. Yeah, so, like, the Empire came first for the Play-Doh system, and, um, 
X-Trek was, let's do that, but using the X-Window system. And NetTrek was, let's do that, but actually make it work. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And each one of the games is slightly different. You can't just say that they're all exactly the same. But they're... I mean, they're they're so close to being the exact same. (laughs) You, you, You could get 300 hours into your belt with one of them, and then take like 15 hours to learn each of the others. Um, you're not going to know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. The reason it's called the Play-Doh system, is it just the, is that just the uh, acronym for whatever they called it? Or is there like a philosophical reason behind that? No, no, it's, it's programmed logic for automatic teaching operations. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's just the acronym. What it is. It's a server that you connect to with terminals. Um, there's there's a lot of things you can do on on those terminals that, that through the the server. Um, I mean, you could do email. You can do online testing. There's message boards. There's there were video games, of course. You can um, have a discussion board on the teachings yeah. of Plato. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could do remote. You could even do remote screen sharing because. All of it was handled by the server, and the machine itself just showed... All all your terminal had to do was show what the server told it to. Right. It was was a display is all. So there there was no processing power in the terminals themselves. Okay. Which made things nice, but also uh, eventually... Like, if someone's hogging all the server power, then you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, last fact here. Both Xtrek and Netrek used the X-Window system to access the internet. And Netrek in particular quickly beat out the others, as it used TCP and UDP networking to guarantee smooth gameplay to even the booniest of connections. <laughs> So you have no idea what TCP and UDP are, do you? Absolutely not. Come on. Okay. So so TCP is, TCP over IP is a precise but slow connection. So it sends packets um, that will always get to where they're supposed to. But to make it happen so, you know, guaranteed, it takes a really long time. UDP, it just kind of chucks them. It's, it's like, I, I'm going to fastball this to you. I might miss, and it might never reach you, but it'll get there real quick. If it does. Um, if it does. So <laughs> pretty much everything nowadays uses both of them. Right. So send it quick that and ha- also where it's going to. No, you send different things. Oh. So, for, for instance, it, specifically with Netrek, um, things like your health. Or, um, what planets are being controlled by who. That is sent under TCP. That has to be right. UDP is things like your position on screen. It's going to change in a second or less. So it's fine if it's not exactly right. But the other things have to be right. Right. So that Um, you have that information. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's it's a toss-up between, like, what you absolutely have to have and 
what's nice to have, but not mandatory. And and that's how all games work now. And it, this it helps the to create very priorities. First, like... Yeah, this was the very first to do it. And also one of the first programs to do it. Um, so, that's cool. Yeah. It is also considered to be uh, one of the forefathers of the MOBA. Because, you know, it's a multiplayer online battle arena. Right. So, duh. And that was just the facts. Fucking MOBAs. So, we got something a little bit different for you this time. Um, it's it's the light novel time. We're reading book four, uh, Sword Art Online Fairy Dance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's just say it. Well, I wasn't able to get my hands on a copy of this. Yeah. Extenuating yeah. Well, well, circumstances. I, yeah. And, uh... I was asked to write the recap instead, but I'm not going to write a recap. That, that, that <laughs> would, I, that, that would just be bizarre. Yeah. I mean, can you, can you imagine you reading my words that I wrote? I know. It's not like, like I do like, that like, every week or something. But, but, but those are facts. Like the recap, <laughs> re, recap, you put a lot of, of, of your soul into of like, you know, this is fucking bullshit. And, I do. And, like, when and, I like something, I, I, I go real in-depth on how I like it. When I hate something, yeah. I go real in-depth on how I hate it. So, so I, I, I'm not going to do that. First of all, I'm not going to do that to Wombat, because then he'd have to gush over how good Sword Art Online is. Um, not this book, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just in general. Real quick um, summary. Was it better or worse than the last one? Ooh... I think it might have been better. Okay. Which is surprising considering you know what happens in this one. Yes, I do. This is where it gets rapey. This is where it gets yes. real rapey. Yes. So, <laughs> um... I'm guessing you're just waiting, like, actual plot advancement more here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was, I was surprised at the beginning of this. Um, because, uh... First of all, I, I hate this. The book starts at chapter five. Oh, because the last one ended <laughs> at chapter four. Yeah, which is fucking retarded. Like, like what the hell? No, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, Inf Infinite Dendrogram does that too on on long I did. Arts. I did not notice that. Yeah, but actually, it might not have happened in those books, but in later arcs where it's like one continuous thing between books, it, it does that yeah. too. So you'll have, like, a okay. third book in a thing where you're on chapter 23, and it's actually, like, <laughs> chapter 7 of the book. It's, 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 yeah, it's like, the first chapter. <laughs> um, so, you know how in season 2 of Sword Art Online, the anime? Yes. There's, they, they do the, the gun gale online, and then they start doing the weird side story where they go down into Jotunheim, and then they find that girl who's dying on the, the thing, but she, she basically lives in there. I mean, I didn't actually know all that. I knew that it covered Gun Gale Online. I didn't watch season two. I was oh, burned okay. by... I was real burned by the second core, especially, of the first season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> understandable. You should probably go watch the rest of Sword Art Online, but... Um, I mean, Gun Gale Online alternative is real good. It, it, that's oh, real good. oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. taking Kawahara's ideas and applying, like, logic and good storytelling to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and good game mechanics, too, because, like, yes. they get rid of a bunch of the shit and are like, here's what the game would be like if it was fun to play. Or work around it, um, because they still had that bullshit where, like, if your finger's on the trigger, it shows the line, and it makes snipers, like, basically useless. But, uh... uh they just not had not a, for the first shot. They had a... No, they had a sniper character who's just so good that he doesn't need to have his finger on the trigger, and so it, it, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the line until he's pulling the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they worked around that. <laughs> um... So, uh, this starts in Jotunheim, which is not something that happens in the anime. It's something that happens in the next season of the anime. What? Um, yeah, apparently, uh, they, while they were flying towards the world tree, they saw a, an elven village and were like, oh, let's, let's go down there or fairy village, maybe. I don't know. Fairy village. And so they're like, let's go, uh, have a rest because, you know, it's late and. We've been doing this a while. Uh, so they, they go down, and they're like, why are there no people here? Turns out uh, the, the village is a mimic uh, for the... And it's actually the mouth of a giant earthworm that eats them instantly. I'm sorry, like, are you telling me the start of this book is side story nonsense? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> So, so they get eaten, um, and... I really thought they uh, were going to continue the plot after the last part. Nope! <laughs> nope, no, it's a full chapter of this. A, a fucking um, Empire Strikes Back, fucking, we're, we're standing on an asteroid, but it's actually the mouth of a worm, like... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> except, except they get eaten and then shat out. Uh, and, and they get shat into the, um, in, into Jotunheim, which is an underground area where they can't fly because to fly, they have to, uh, yeah, just all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, by the way, to fly, you've got to, your wings have to absorb light from the moon or sun. What? That, that wasn't a thing ever before. We're, we're introducing this now because, uh, we have to have reasons for why we can't fly right now. Oh, wait, no, um, no, they did. They had that in the previous book. Cause that's did why. They? Yeah, that's why they couldn't fly in the, uh, cave leading to the mining town. Because it's, it's entirely inside a cave and so they, their wings couldn't absorb energy. Oh, you know, I totally forgot that. Uh, yeah. because it didn't matter. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> So yeah, they they fall down and and then apparently Jotunheim is like it's it's like the final dungeon. It, it's like the end game area. I thought that so, would be the world tree. No, well, the world tree is the final dungeon, but like it's this is the end game area where it takes a team of like 30 of the top warriors of a a team to take down one of these, uh, what do they call them? Deviant gods. Oh, this is a WoW raid. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but, but these deviant gods are just wandering around, and there's two different types of them. There's the bipedal ones, and there's um, jellyfish elephant ones. You're telling me all this, and I know that it doesn't matter, but keep going. Um, 
<laughs> so so they're they're trying to survive because like they fall down and then immediately like one of those bipedal ones chases after them and they manage to hide in a shrine but they know that there's no way they could defeat them um although uh kirito wants to try and, and then and, he does uh, and then he does it no oh no no, 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 no. He actually doesn't. Uh, oh, fight Kirito anything. Strongboy doesn't win a well, fight. Oh, wait, nice. wait, 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 wait. Oh no, my bad. He does because <laughs> um, they 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 decide like, well, we need to just try the the only ways places we know our exits are the edge of the map. Um, so let's just pick a direction and we can go there, and then um, hopefully we'll end up at a staircase where we can climb out of here. And as they're walking along, they see two deviant gods fighting. One of the bipedal ones and one of the um, the jellyfish ones. Okay. And uh, or jelly font. Um, and and uh, Leafa's like, we should we should save the jelly font one because it's dying. Uh, and who cares? And, and Kirito's like, who cares? And like, well, we should just do it anyways. And he's like, all right, that's fine. Um, I hate Kirito. So, <laughs> so, so they they do some some strategy. They they run over to a frozen lake and they stand on it. And uh, he attacks from a distance. He, he throws a thing. He throws a rock at the um, the the bipedal one, and uh, it chases after them. And then crashes into the water, but it's got like four limbs, so it can swim real easy. But what the uh, thing didn't expect was the the jelly font to travel, and uh, jellyfishes are good in water, so it it pretty much easily defeats the guy because it doesn't have as much ability to fight. Yep. Okay, whatever. That was a waste of time. Uh, Yep, but <laughs> then the jelly font reaches over, grabs them, and carries them to the middle of the area, which is the opposite of the direction they wanted to go, because uh, they need to get to the edges where the, the staircases are. Right. And at the middle, they find a uh, giant floating um, dungeon up in the air, and they see the Excalibur there, the best sword in the game, and they just name drop there, and... Uh, then, then they're like, "Well, we can't even reach it because it's like way up in the air, and the this is pointless. Like we're so far away from everything." And then the but jelly then there's a raiding them. team. There's oh. a a raiding team coming, and they run up and they're like, "We're gonna we're gonna kill that deviant god. You should you should back away or finish your your kill." And they're like, "No, this is you you can't kill this. We like this. It it saved us." And they're like. Yeah, fuck you. We're gonna kill the thing. Go right, away. Because it's pixels in a game, and they're playing a game. Yeah, you um, are the weird yeah. one, Kirito. It's you. <laughs> so, um, so they're like, "Well, we can't fight all these people, so we're going to to back away." And uh, they they start slaughtering the uh, the deviant god, and it it it's making sad noises, and they're they're very sad for it. So. They're like, well, I guess we're just gonna sacrifice ourselves. We're gonna go fight it, uh, fight fight the uh, the other guys uh, to save the deviant god for no reason. Um, so they run over and they start fighting the guys and they kill a few of them. And then the other guys turn around to come fight them. And then the deviant god Pokemon evolves. What? Um, it 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 
grows wings and can fly and gets magic and can, like, cancel the other guy's magic. So, like, they start casting spells at Kirito, and the Jellyfon's just like, nope, you, your spells are canceled now, and also, I'm eating you. So they all die, and and they're like, well, yay, we saved this thing. And then it puts it on its back, and it flies up to the dungeon, and they have to make a decision. Because there's a staircase on one of on a route coming down from the um, the world tree because they're in the middle, or they can jump over to the dungeon. And what do you think they do? Uh, they jump to the dungeon. They they actually don't, which is uh, completely out of character because absolutely he would have done that, right? Um, <laughs> like without a doubt. There's, there's no way he wouldn't have jumped to the dungeon. But, anyways, they, they climb up the staircase, and uh, then uh, then we we talk to, to Asuna. It switches to Asuna. And uh, this is the part where Asuna escapes her cage and then finds all the people's brains who are getting messed with. Right. And then gets tentacle raped. So, um... Ugh. Now, she's not raped... She's just tentacle molested, right. which is not any better, really. No, it is not. <laughs> and also, this is the reason why we know that uh, Reki Kawahara absolutely has a thing for tentacle porn. Like, yes. Like, without a doubt. It's absolutely he does. If he doesn't, um, I'm insane. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> absolutely has a rape fetish. Like, without a doubt. Not and it's not even just this one time. No, it's how it sadly, always plays out. Sadly, he does it again and again. Every single one of his villains, I've talked about it before. They're either cartoonish dick dastardly types or they're rapists. That is his yep. villains every yep. single time. <clears throat> or or both. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't really know that we need to get into this, except, um, she, uh, she steals a card from a, a, a console, a, a GM card from a GM console, which is useless on its own, but, uh, magically they'll find a use for it later. They always do. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, then it, it skips to the next morning. Um, cause they, they had been playing for until 4am, so they So wait, they did they get Excalibur? No, no, they didn't. Oh. No, that, that was just a, that was just a Chekhov's gun. It, it exists, we'll use it later. Literally, it's, it's, it's Chekhov's gun. It's okay. <laughs> Alright. Um. Yeah. Chekhov's so, gun in the so, middle of this useless side plot, cool. Yep, yep. Uh, so, <clears throat> Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, they, they, uh, wake up and they're like, oh, why are you tired? Oh, I was on the internet. Why are you tired? Oh, just stuff and things. Uh, we're definitely not playing the same game with each other. And, right, we're uh, still playing I this fucking game. I definitely don't want to fuck my big brother cousin. Right. Um, but so, it, also so I'm rationalizing all the time that it is okay for me to want to fuck my brother cousin. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so it's like, well, what, what should we do now? And he's like, well, I'm going to go see Asuna. And she's like, well, maybe if I go see Asuna, I'll, 
understand and I'll see like that I don't actually I'm I'm not jealous and and I don't actually want to fuck my brother cousin. Uh so she goes along and she gets there and she's like, "Damn, I want to fuck my brother cousin." And seeing my love rival hel- always help me I'm- want to get over my love. That's yeah. how that works every time. <laughs> yep. So um Also, not your love rival. You are his yeah. first cousin. Yeah. Yeah. You are yeah. not a, a, you are not a viable option for a partner in any way. Yep. Unless you want fucking Queen Victoria again with her fucking sixth toe. <laughs> <laughs> so they they uh they head back and they get in the game and um and she she's been crying because uh she can't she, fuck her brother cousin. She can't her fuck her brother cousin. <laughs> um, so I hate uh, fairy he, dance so much. Yeah. So so he says some some nice words to her about like don't worry about it, and she's like, man, I'm gonna replace my brother cousin with uh, this this cool random person on the internet that I totally doesn't look like him life. at all. Yeah. Uh, definitely not a surrogate who has at this time. Referenced several things from my childhood, because um, yeah, that happened. They they named the the jelly font after a elephant from a rare childhood book that is kind of depressing, and uh, and she's like, "Oh, you also know that book?" and and he's like, "Yeah, I used to read it with my sister all the time." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's fucking stupid as hell. And she's like, oh, um, I used to read it with my brother cousin all the time, and I want to fuck him now. But I can't, because uh, his, <laughs> his uh, girlfriend wife, who he's never met, um, is in a coma. Um, so, um, so they, they go over to the tree, and Yui is like, I sense mommy! And so they fly up really high, and they can't fly any further because the the game says no. Right, Uh, a thing that was already established in the first book, so why did you waste your fucking time? Yeah, and and Yui yells out mommy, uh, and then we switch to Asuna, and somehow Asuna can hear, despite it absolutely would have been a different instantiated place. Uh, I... Reki Kawahara has no idea how games work. Right, he um, assumes that it's all one single server when a game like this would definitely have to be like eight dozens billion of servers, servers yeah, yeah. operating at once. Yeah. Yeah. Um So, um Uh But in they... the future we've broken past our limits and we can have a single server that hosts no. tens of thousands no. of people. No? Right. We no. live in the real world. I forgot. Um. <laughs> and so she hears Yui, and she runs over, and she's like, oh, they're down there. Uh, what can I do? I've tried putting my hand through um, the, the bars before, but there's a wall there, and so I can't do it. Oh, what if I put the key through? That'll definitely work this time, and what a surprise it does. So they drop the key card down. Uh, yay, Asuna. So, uh... Kirito and Yui catch the key that fall falls out of the air, despite again the fact these would be different instantiated places, and it would it would just fall off the map. Uh, um, I'll accept that it recognizes items falling through different servers. I'll accept it. 
Okay, I won't. Um, (laughs) That is is a feasible thing that we could get one day. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, So, uh, they grab it and they're like, ah, she's up there. She really is. Let's go do this. And so he he flies over to the... um, the front gates and uh, Leaf is like, don't do this. You'll lose. And he's like, I gotta do this. And she's like, why? And he's like, I, I just have to. It's it's required. And so uh, <laughs> the plot calls so he, for it. So he, he flies up inside and there's a bunch of really powerful NPCs and it's designed to be literally impossible. And uh, despite because getting really far uh, because of course he does. Um, he fails because again, it's designed to be literally impossible. Surprise! Um, Shock. So, so he he dies, uh, and then she flies in and saves him and uh, revives him. And he's like, "I got to do it. I got to go back in there." And she's like, "Why? Why must you do this?" And he's like, "Because I have to save Asana." And then she realizes that she's fallen in love with her brother cousin again. Again. She Again. just can't stop wanting to fuck her brother cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so they they realize who each other are and she yells and takes off the thing and they uh she yells at him that that she loves him and he tells her basically I didn't know that you loved me. Uh but also I still can't move on with my life. Maybe I can love you after I save Asuna, but I can't leave Sword Out Online until everyone's out. Uh and she's like, Alright, he'll definitely love me after he he gets through this. Spoilers, That's definitely the won't. choice he's gonna make. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> fucking Ron Howard so, voice. He will not Yeah. <laughs> um and so uh, they they make up in game. Uh, they they have a big fight, and then they both throw their swords away at the last minute. Cause they both expected the other person to kill them with their anger, but they 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 don't because they're not actually horrible people. Just aside from wanting to fuck each other, or rather, her fuck him. He doesn't want to fuck her, right? In no way. But he doesn't at any point say, "I don't want to fuck you." Right, which is his is fault. is a literal is a little deplorable. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so please um, make things clear, Kirito, so she can get the mental health help that she needs. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Re- Reckon, the useless, uh, unnecessary character from the the first book, uh, shows up and he absolutely wants to fuck her, uh, and and tries to kiss her and she pe- punches him because that. You don't just kiss people without... Right. Also, I yeah, still hate it's... that it's pronounced Reckon. It's, <laughs> it's the worst. Yes, Reckon. <laughs> I'm named after Reconnaissance. Which people always shorten to Recon, but you can call me yeah. Reckon. I reckon you can call me Reckon. Ah, I reckon you can call me Reckon. <laughs> We're uh... like, I'm Reckon your shit. Fuck off! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. Right, I'm, I don't know. I'm moving on. Right. Um, you, your joke was bad. Uh, hell. <laughs> uh, we so, laughed. anyways, yeah, we did. It was fake, but we we did it. <laughs> um, they she she's like, well, you're gonna help us now, 
And he's like, I'm going to help you now. And, and Kirita's like, yep, I guess you're going to help us now. (laughs) And so they all go in and they, they fight one more time and they're doing a real good job of it. He's getting really far. The two of them are, are healing. Uh, and then the enemies come back to kill the healers, which is something that's never happened in the game. I don't know why the game is designed so poorly to never go after healers. Right, like, um, every MMO I've played where, like, there are roles like that, healing is weighted, like, very heavily, so the AI will go after healers um, exclusively, be- unless a tank be- plays, like, aggro skills and takes the aggro yep. away. Because that is called uh, good de- <laughs> design. Right. That is, that is how they would actually play. Yeah. Um... Uh, I've been a healer in Final Fantasy fourteen many times where the party wiped because I was killed because the tank was bad at grabbing aggro. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so Reckon stops healing and he uh, starts taking aggro off of that. And because, uh, you know, that's how you do it literally the thing we just described right and then he can't handle anymore so he uses a uh, top tier darkness spell to uh, self-destruct and he kamikazes himself uh, killing a lot of the enemies but it's still not enough because there's too many enemies because again it's designed to be impossible because of the reasons of the plot (laughs) yeah so uh, we have the deus ex machina of um, the the people that Kirito gave all the money to earlier show up all at once, and the the two races fighting together, and uh-huh. they manage to push just enough that Kirito can get through the the wall of enemies and and get up to the door, and then they all leave, and he gets up there and he's like, "Open Sesame," and it doesn't. So it's cool. a good thing that he has that stupid key card that somehow works now. Right. I don't don't know why they didn't try and use it a hundred other places first, but yeah, now now it works. Now it's I would have thought to like try it on the just the the, the wall initial in door. Bet- like yeah, or the the invisible wall between, you know, the bottom yeah, you know, where he can't fly any higher. Right. Maybe he could have just used it there and then gone past, but no. No, he's an idiot. Yeah. I mean, we knew that. Yeah. So so then he goes and he finds Asuna, who's in a cage, and uh, unfortunately... What's the bad guy's name? Uh, <laughs> um, King Oberon in the game. Yes. Suga? But like the... Sugo, yeah. So Sugo, sh- thank you. I, I actually read this book, and uh, I don't remember because it doesn't matter. Right. Um, He's one of the least memorable villains, except for all of the rape he does. Yeah, except yeah. for all of the rape, which uh, this is that part, uh, because he shows up and is like, super gravity spell, now none of you can move. Uh, and then he starts to uh, molest Asuna. Like, straight up sexually molest Asuna. Yeah, I saw the anime. uh, He was, like, licking on her and fondling her thighs and shit. It was disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's disgusting. Uh, But Reki Kawahara has a rape fetish, so... um, Also, probably BDSM, uh, because she's all chained up at this point. Um, And and Kirito, who absolutely can't move because of this um, gravity spell, manages to move, nevertheless... 
I know way too and, much uh, about Kawahara's like sexual fetishes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too. I don't want it. Uh, um, and uh, considering the kinds of books he writes, I know way too much about his sex life. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Kirito, um, had somehow gets uh, again. Another just straight up Deus Ex Machina. Um, uh, what's the the other guy? Um, Albert. <laughs> no, no. Um, Was that not the general guy from the uh, Salamanders? No, 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 no. Um, uh, Heathcliff. What? Akihiko Kayaba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Akihiko Kaiba's soul shows up because what? Um, we find out later he he did a deep scan of himself. Uh, so like it roasted his brain, but it also copied his brain into the internet. I don't so remember this. He, did this happen in the so anime? He, yes, it, it did. So oh, okay. he exists as a net person now. Um, so he he gives uh, Kirito his system password. Uh, so. Uh, he he now outranks um, Sugo because Sugo has a lesser password uh, because Heathcliff created Sao, so he has the the god tier one. Uh, so uh, Kirito uses that to just um, take away Sugo's password privileges and also uh, remove the um, the gravity spell from himself. And uh, instead of, instead of taking this time to free Asuna, he's like. Hey, stay over there for a moment, dangling half naked, uh, where you're, you're being, you were being molested. You can, you could just sit there for, for right now. I'm I gonna, hate I'm, so much. I'm gonna cause emotional damage to this guy because turns out there's a damage, uh, differential to the games. So, like, if you take damage in game, you don't feel it in real life. It's a good thing. Um, and it's also less damage than you normally would feel. So, like, if you cut off your hand, you're not going to have, like, the phantom pains from your hand being cut off. Right. Um, so... I mean, that's, otherwise that's it'd typically... be, like, a psychologically damaging game. Like, what uh-huh. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, it's kind of surprising that SAO didn't go that route, but, uh... <laughs> but, uh, he, um... Uh, Sugo had been like, ah, I'm gonna slowly rack it up, so it's, like, normally at ten, so now I made it at nine. And, um, uh, so Kirito has all the power now, and he's like, uh, uh, damage mitigator to zero. Um, and here's, here's, a uh, Can you Sugo's do that like, for ah, a singular person? Uh, no, I think he included himself. He just expected to be better, because... Well, I just assume it would include everybody in the game, which would be fucked up. <laughs> that, that is fucked up. You're right. Maybe, maybe it is just for that area. Like, I hope so. Otherwise, like, Kirito is really, like, <laughs> fucking up a lot there? of people out there. Yeah. <laughs> for no reason. Like, you've already, so, uh, you've won at this point. Like, get Asuna out and then, like, yeah, no, report yeah, that's, into that's the authorities. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, so Sugo's like, well, I'll defeat you, and he tries to summon um, Excalibur, and he can't, because uh, Kirito took away his powers. 
So Kirito summons Excalibur. You see? It's that thing that we mentioned right. earlier in the book. Uh-huh. Um, Except we didn't have to uh, go back and get it. We just magicked it to us like we're fucking yeah, Harry Potter. But, but he, he does he does mention that it feels like cheating. Um, oh, thank like this, this, Kirito. Yeah, yeah he, he's cheated. like, man, I kind of hate just doing this because the sword deserves better. And um, yet in every yeah. single book, he will do something like this. Every single yes. one. <laughs> but he doesn't use Excalibur because he's an idiot. So he tosses Excalibur to Sugo uh, and is like, what? come at me, bro. Uh, Why? The you damage, took away his damage... power so that he couldn't do shit like that. Damage mitigator is zero. Um, so, like, have fun. And Sugo swings the sword and Kirito chops off his hand. Um, and so now he has uh, emotionally scarring damage, uh, mentally scarring damage. Uh, and then he cuts him in half, and then he throws his top half into the air and stabs him through the eyeball. Um, yeah, the, the dude's gotta be, like, dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, IRL. I, I, I don't think, like, I think Reki Kawahara has some understanding, but doesn't really fully understand that, like, if your brain thinks you have died... You are dead. Yeah, it you're, can kill you, you you're, just you're, from shock. Your brain can can literally kill you by thinking that you're dead. Yeah. If that's your brain that, thinks like, your heart stops, you can stop your heart. That's where that um, myth of, like, if you die in a dream, like, you're you're going to die in real life, like, comes yeah. from. The idea that your your mind will think you died in the dream, and so it will, it will then kill you, like... Yeah. No, that's not actually true, but it is true in regards to if you go through an experience in your waking life where you think you died, you can just die from that. It's it's called psychosomatic. Um and uh and I I actually personally have some experience with uh psychosomatics, which is that uh I have consumed a lot of creamy things that could have potentially included milk and I have had a allergic reaction to them despite the fact that it had no milk in them. Right. So it's, it's just a thing that my brain goes, this has milk in it. You're having an allergic reaction. And it's like, it doesn't, but thanks a lot. Yeah. It's um, the same thing as the placebo effect. Like, yeah, if, if you think uh, something if, will work, then it might work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> so he fucking kills him, and then he he he, he finally helps uh, Asana, and they they log out together. And uh, uh, what about the other three hundred people with their brains in jars? They 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 also get logged out. Okay. Um. So uh, then Kirito wakes up in his bed, and Leafa's uh, over him. I, I don't remember Suguha. I think Suguha. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and she's like, is it over? You took a long time. And he's like, yeah, it's over. Uh, no mention of the fact that uh, my wife was raped or that um, uh, I had to literally kill someone. But And also, yeah, we're I'm definitely gonna go... not ever going to talk about the fact that you want to fuck me, your brother cousin. Yeah, absolutely never. <laughs> uh, so, uh, by the no way, I'm going to go... For that one. <laughs> I'm going to go find and fuck my wife. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so he takes off biking and he gets to the uh and it's it's nighttime now. 
Um, he gets to the hospital, and uh, as he's walking to the hospital, uh, Sugo shows up. <gasps> he I remember didn't this. die. Yeah. But his his eyes all fucked up, and he's in constant pain. But he's chugging painkillers. Like he takes like twelve pills. Because Kawahara a has no idea how the human body works. Nope. Um, and he's got a knife. Um, yep, I remember the knife. But but Kirito does the that's not a knife thing in his head. He's like, that's not a knife. That's barely a, or that's not a dagger. That's barely a knife in his head because he's stupid. And then right. uh, then he takes the knife from him and he stabs him and he ties him up and uh, uh, should have killed him. Should have. Should have. But he doesn't. Uh, and then he goes inside, and they call the cops on it on uh, Sugo, and he goes to jail, whatever. And he finds Asuna, and uh, they're they're happy together. Woo! Um, so the right before Kirito logged off, um, uh-huh. Kawahara shows up. No, not Kawahara. The other guy, Kayaba. Um, Kayaba, thank you. And Kayaba's all like, uh, "Sorry, I, I was a douchebag." Um, if you don't hate me, uh, here, uh, take this thing. Um, and he gets the world egg, which nobody knows anything about. So, so Kirito goes to, with, with his, all his contacts in the military and the, 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 the government who's like taking care of all this stuff and like really, really knows all about, um, VR MMOs and stuff. Right. So with all his contacts, he goes to the black guy who runs a tavern. Hey, it doesn't matter that he's black. Nope, it doesn't, but it's just... Why does he go to him? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Yeah, why does he he go to Agil? (laughs) Does Agil know a whole lot about VR MMOs? No, No, not really. He He runs a bar. He just kind (laughs) of decided to join SAO. And then got yeah. fucked. He was just looking for yeah. a hobby. <laughs> yeah, so he, he goes to the uh, number one uh, expert on VR MMOs, a bartender. And uh, th- a barista, he looks into really. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, then then uh, somehow uh, VR MMOs are saved, despite the fact that, uh, what was it? 20,000 people the first time? 50,000? It was 10,000 because... 10,000, 10,000, doesn't yeah, know no. how games work. Um, Ten, since since 10,000 people got trapped in a game for, like, three years and half of them died... Yes, um, more than half. 6,000. More than more than half. Was, was it, like, 6,000 in the first month? Uh, it was 4,000 in the first month. Oh, 4,000 yeah. in the first month. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. more right, than like, 6,000 by the end. Yeah. 6,000 people died. More than half of them died. And then, uh, like, wh- less than a year later, uh, the other VR MMO that cropped up during this time um, also goes under because of crimes against humanity. Holy shit. Um, John, we've been reading Progressive, right? And Yeah. We're past the first month in Progressive. Yeah. yeah. And no mention is made of how the fucking population has just fucking crashed. <laughs> In progressive, which what was was there not one in in the book one? It's been a while since I read book one. There, so. it, there was not. There was not a mention okay. of how it just fucking like like 
tanked. The population tanked in the first month. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, functionally, that's the book. Okay. Other things happened. I think I picked out all the things to roast. I think I picked out the differences from the anime. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, yeah. At the end of it, they they bring um, Einkrad into uh, the fairy dance place, whatever the name of it is. Because why the fuck um, not? Let's bring back that trauma for everybody. Yeah, and and Kirito uh, dances with his uh, sister cousin um, before they go off to. To, to play. Does he make but, it clear that he will not fuck her? No, but he's pretty clearly with Asuna. Okay, that's so good he, do, he doesn't tell... Yeah, it, he doesn't say, I'm not going to fuck you, my sister cousin, but <laughs> he, he does say, I'm gonna fuck my, um, my internet friend from Canada who goes to a different school. <laughs> um, hey, she is real. <laughs> she is. She is real. <laughs> so yeah, that's Sao Four. Um, that's uh, the end of us doing the original Sao books. Um, because real quick, uh, di- digital Akihiko Kayaba needs to be yeah. tried and hung at the Hague. <laughs> yes. <laughs> does not uh, matter that his real body is dead. That does not matter. He is still the same person who trapped 10,000 people in an MMO and killed more than 6,000 of them. Um, his yeah. Any remnant of his being left needs to be tried and hung at the Hague. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't care if he handed int- a key card to Kirito. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's a, it's a special book. <laughs> it sounds like it. I mean, the other three were real special, too. Yeah. I hate Isaiah so much. <laughs> yeah. I know you do. <laughs> You do too. I don't know what it is. It's like this love hate thing you have going on. <laughs> you enjoy it so much despite knowing how bad it is. Oh yeah, it's it's bad. Actually, th- wait, John, that's just your personality, isn't it? Because oh, what do you say? Because you have the same thing going on with Fire Emblem. I mean, that's that, that is true. <laughs> I, I unfortunately can't argue with that. <laughs> this is just your personality type. Like you, you love to engage with the things you hate. Huh. <laughs> huh. That's one to think about over the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, uh, that's it for us. That is. Uh, that, that is also it for this season. Is it? This was season six, seven? I don't think the season's over until next episode. No, it's over. It's over? Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the end of it. Okay. It can be. Oh, may, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, let's, let's do one more week in this season. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do, we'll do one more. Yeah. All right. 
What are we doing, though? Uh, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, well, you've... <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why this is here. <laughs> Alright, so let's do one-hit blunders and... Um... Games or anime? You pick. Uh, I think we should end with anime. So, anime. Okay, so... Okay, then we're, we're Maybe? gonna be do- talking about games. anime. Yeah. Yeah, games, or, games, games. No anime. Okay, this uh, this this depends. Are we doing two more or one more? So, well, if I'm looking at the dates, we should actually 13. be doing two more. Okay, so then let's do games. Yeah. And um, I'll let you pick a game. You'll let me pick a game from this list down here. This cool from this list, list down, down here? here. Oh, yeah this this cool list down here. Uh, well, based off name alone, I would choose that one. Uh, My Little Universe? No. Is that what you did? Oh, you probably, 1945 you probably... Air Force airplane games? No, we're going to play the form watching. Sassy Princess. Awesome. I am <laughs> hella looking forward to this. <laughs> like, legit. Um, Meanwhile... Meanwhile, you're going to be playing. Oh shit! Uh, Thea, the Awakening. What? Oh, oh shit! I know what that is. Oh fuck! I have to bust out my switch for that. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> shit! Let me look at your list real quick. What? What are you going to be playing? Fucking on what's? What's on GOG? 13 games you got on GOG. Ghost <laughs> Runner. <all> shit. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll play Ghost Runner. No. No. Shit. I'm changing no. my mind. Okay. Ultima 4. I want to hear about Ultima oh, 4. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let's see if it can run. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, if it doesn't, then Ghost Runner. That's, okay. that's the backup. Alright. Okay. Well, that's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed. Um, we will see you next time for the... If, if you want to join us for our, our mobile game, it's The Farm, Sassy Princess. It is a free game. Um, so, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Oh, oh yeah, and we're doing one-hit blunders. Yeah. So, if you want to, listen to Sex and Violins by Rednecks. I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah, you know what the band is, right? Yes. They're, they're... God damn it. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye! Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton I do. Alright, we're done.